witches at black masses. Evil minds at plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you've got them facts. We have a lot to go into, uh, a lot to get into tonight. So uh, let's go ahead and get it get it started. Of course, we're going to start off with the word on the street. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys or many of you guys are aware with the situation going on in Iran right now. Um, now, on Thursday, last Thursday, Biden would order airstrikes on certain spots in Syria used by Iranian militias. This is in response to attacks made by Iran, um, well, those militia groups by, uh, sorry, on the U.S. in Iraq and also on the Iraq Iraqis as well. Uh, the U.S. strikes uh, killed 22 people. The Pentagon aren't even sure how many of the militias force they actually hit. Uh, Iran's militia has been responsible for three total attacks uh, up until this week, including one, uh, the one that I mentioned before. Now, uh, Biden's administration claims that they have been attempting to revive a 2015 nuclear agreement uh, with Iran, but uh, looks as of now, you know, it's not working out. Uh, the attack, of course, well, the U.S. attack, of course, has drawn criticism criticism from not only Syria's president uh, Bashar Assad uh, but also their biggest supporter Russia uh, whose foreign minister Sergei Lavrov insists the U.S. is operating illegally within the country and needs to communicate specifically with them so uh, pretty much what you have here or what you can have uh, things spill into would be a what you would call a proxy uh, beef or a proxy war where you have these uh, countries here that are supported of course by other uh, bigger world powers such as Syria being backed by um, sorry as Russia uh, that's their biggest uh, looks, like, looks as though that that's their biggest ally right now uh, just kind of stepping in and telling the US not only is Syria against what has happened and I get it you're in somebody else's country uh, but you know, again, you have Russia stepping in there, kind of saying, hey, you stay out of this country. You don't get to come in here and all that, even though, you know, Russia don't run nothing there either. That's not their uh, government either. But again, it's what you have, these proxy conflicts. These are proxy conflicts. Uh, now, of course, uh, the U.S. is going to pretty much reiterate their rights to their actions uh, with the Constitution, which, again, in this no new modern age, I'm really I'm really interested in seeing how uh, the U.S. Constitution is going to be faring in international issues in this whole uh, new world where nobody has to really take shit from anybody. I'm just saying. Uh, the U.S. claims they are also backed by U.N. Charter Article 51. I don't know the, the exact uh, words of that or how it's worded, but pretty much it allows um, a government to step up in case of, you know, some type of, uh, some type of, you know, threat to somebody else or their country or something like that so uh that's what the that's what biden and their administration is claiming of course uh not everybody is of course all with that now according to white house correspondence via a phone call both biden and the iraqi prime minister mustafa al kadimi uh both agreed that the uh, militia group should be held responsible 
Um, and this group is called Awilia Aldam, if my you know pronunciation is off, uh, I apologize, but they are, in English, this translates to Custodians of the Blood. Um, you know, this seems like, you know, this, I, I don't know how to just say this, these concepts always off the top of my head right now, um, now that they just kind of cross my head, but it almost seems like these groups are just kind of just propped up uh, by other by other groups to kind of keep this um, this dysfunction brewing in this area. I mean, um, it's just really weird, you know. They got the net little name like that, and they're claiming that they're you know some you know independent Iranian force. Um, it's very you know again, um, I don't know all the ins and outs of you know what their government is about and their their organizations and their militias but um again i i just think this is a this is a weird this is a bigger issue that they're not really uh talking to us about there's something missing here especially with russia uh trying to get involved and trying to you know state their claim and say hey you need to let us know as though they're the big boss of the middle east or something out of nowhere that's not that's not gonna fly either um so i if you know again with russia kind of putting itself inserting itself I'm almost looking at Russia as well, like, hmm, this, this could be something that could pop off. Um, we don't really know the implications just yet, but Russia saying something, especially when they've been very aggressive lately. I've been telling you guys they've been around the Arctic Circle, around Alaska with their military forces, that being their navies and their air forces, just probing and searching. They're looking for something. They're looking for some type of entrance point, possibly. Hey, you know, this this is I just I just talk about what I see. I go through all the go through all the sources and i just discuss it with you guys and i'll let you guys fill in the blanks when you guys get a chance i'm not going to tell you guys what to think i'm not here to, i'm not here to tell you any way which to think but i want to tell you exactly the facts as i know them as i see them in the sources that i'm reading and i'm coming across and i again i'm letting you guys fill in the blank of course i'll say my little opinion uh and i won't yeah i will say my opinion but i don't want you to just harp in on all that i'm not one of those typical podcast guys where I need no I again if you if you have um, something different you might want to add come and tell me DM me something but again I'm not going to tell you guys to follow verbatim I'm going to tell you guys as, as important as possible to look deeper into this again if this is something that catches your eye but again um, in terms of a subject but again this is serious um, there is a there is a conflict going on in the Middle East this is not new but again this is serious and it's something going and uh, now it's involving at least one other country and that being Russia. So you got to look at that there. Um, yes, there's more than meets the eye to this. This is as much as I can say right now, but as more uh, more news shows up about it, more details show up, uh, I will be presenting it to you uh, as well. But let's move on. Um, we have um, some more news to talk on the Democratic front, uh, this time dealing with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, is he a perv, y'all? And the answer to that is yes, and he's definitely corrupt. Uh, New York Governor, like I say, Andrew Cuomo will undergo undergo an independent investigation uh, into cases of potential sexual harassment and assault on certain aides uh, out there in the uh, New York uh, legislature. Uh, he's also going to uh, going to be going through an FBI uh, investigation into campaign boosters uh, leading to the subsequent handling of, the, of COVID related cases in his state. 
Um, and we'll get to that in just a second. Now, Cuomo is being accused by up to three cap state capital aides uh, for behavior described as, in one case, scary and disturbing. Um, again, I am, you know, as you know, I'm not going to go deep into who, who these people's names are out of respect for them, out of respect for me kind of, you know, still uh, putting the pieces together. So I'll kind of give you an idea of what I see. You guys can have that. I mean, develop your own ideas as well. But this is uh, the the, uh, you know, info that I'm receiving. Uh, it's almost like some Joe Biden X type behavior, touching, feeling. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't see anything about sniffing hair or nothing like that, but definitely some freaky old man pervert type stuff. He's at he's asking inappropriate questions. And again, just as a as a word of advice to the young fellas, um, keep it 100 um, percent. And remember, there's a time and place for everything. I remember a very distinctly back in the day I was in grade school. I want to say fourth or fifth grade where I actually had to write that Bible verse out. I had gotten in trouble for something in class. I did something out of my turn and I had to write that whole Bible passage. I was at a Catholic school at the time. And mind you, it's a very long but very interesting Bible passage, to say the least. I can't remember all of it together, but it's it's way more than just time and present time and place for everything. But again, young men, older men, you know, 30, don't matter. Time and place. Um, again, when you're amongst your friends, it's one thing to say a few things, uh, all that. Uh, but when we're out in public, you're out in a public setting. You just got to be careful, even if you're dropping a simple, hey, you're very beautiful, which you would think is a simple, simple compliment. Sometimes compliments are unwanted. That's okay. You have to understand that this is the way that we live in. But you can't go completely off the rails at all like this guy, uh, Cuomo, with his questionings and, and all type of just, you know, calling people up all type of crazy shit. Um, they describe some very weird uh, behavior from your boy. And again, as far as the FBI investigation, uh, it's delving into the relationship with him and the Greater New York Hospital Association, who contributed over $1 million to his campaign for governor in 2018. Uh, they then cashed in on this, you know, you know, this loan uh, to have Cuomo sign a bill statewide that will free all hospitals and nursing homes from liabilities from COVID related deaths. Now, mind you, remember when we talked a few months ago, uh, we we're talking about the different stimulus packages and how the Democrats were pushing legislation to keep uh, employers, to keep corporations more in check by having them, you know, there being some liability and the Republicans pushing back on that. Uh, of course, corporations shouldn't be held liable for, for their own reasons, of course. But again, that was the battle that we talked about. Uh, it looks like in Cuomo's case, even though he is a Democrat, he's supposed to be blue. Uh, he is actually uh, siding in favor with the corporation, with the hospitals, uh, with the uh, nursing homes. Um, apparently, he was even going so far as in having uh, infected elders return to their nursing homes uh, only to potentially expose others. So, again, uh, he's going through some ragged shit right now. Um, I one thing I will say is, um, in terms of the victim, this is not a form of victim sh uh, shaming against Charlotte Bennett. It's the one name I do have here. Uh, originally, she did not want an investigation. This was in her own words. She was happy with her new job and wanted to move on. 
Uh, but then she decided to go to the media about a year or so later anyways. Uh, but maybe I think he, you know, the writing is on the wall for him. He's already kind of already in, caught up in this situation now uh, in terms of what he's been doing with the uh, also with the homeless as well, kind of throwing them out on the street, um, you know, even if they had tested positive or they were going through, you know, their ailments, um, throwing them out on the street. Um, I think this might just be, you know, the time kind of the writing is on the wall for him. And they said, you know what, uh, we're going to add this fuel to the fire. Maybe this pushes him out of the governor's office. Now, the question is, who are we going to get uh, in his place? I've been hearing some weird shit about maybe New York City Mayor de Blasio. I don't know about all that, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're breaking down some college basketball. I'll be going over uh, the scores from the first couple of nights of the week. Uh, also, I'll be going over the top 25. I'll start things off with the top 25, and then um, I'll also be breaking down a very um, interesting news story, to say the least. Again, um, there's some news going on in the world uh, this week, so we'll see what happens through the course of the week, but it's already starting off a bit crazy. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. Playing field ain't level in the lane. Throw stones at your bones, kick pebbles at your pain. Swear they go hard, but they so jello in the pain. Trying to call Melo, but he came. Lord have mercy, but we'll be having that jersey. Flowing so hungry, rapping that thirsty. Think fast, fast women like Jackie Johnny Kirsty. Fast life like born on Wednesday and died on Thursday. Fast money like Zakao Fitter. Break fast, slow my roll like brake pads. Cause if you run a all right, y'all. <clears throat> I'm back. Let's get into some college basketball. Uh, we're going to start off with the top 25 for the week. Uh, number 25, we have uh, Wisconsin, who's 16 and 10. Uh, right behind, well, right uh, above them, we have Colorado, uh, 24. They are 19 and 7. Uh, they have three wins in a row, including uh, wins over USC, who was in the previous top 25. Uh, they're currently fourth in the Pac-10 as well, sorry, the Pac-12, uh, with a conference record of 13-6. Up next, we have at number 23, Purdue, who's 17-8, uh, four wins in a row for them. Uh, this year, they are led by junior forward Travion Williams, averaging over 15 points a game, also nine rebounds and two assists. At number 22, we have Virginia Tech, who is 15-5. At 21, we have Virginia, who is 16-6. and six. Uh, At number 20, we have uh, Loyola out there in Illinois, who is 21-4. At number 19, we have San Diego State, 19-4, I believe. Uh, their winning streak is standing at 10 games so far. At uh, number 18, we have Texas Tech, who is 16-8. Uh, At number 17, we have Oklahoma State. Uh, their last win was a W, uh, 76, I believe it was 76 to 74 over Oklahoma State. Uh, number 16, right above them, we do have Oklahoma here, though. Uh, the Sooners are 14 and 8. At number 15, we have Texas, who is 15 and 7. At number 14, we have Creighton. Uh, we'll get to them in just a little bit. They are the ones that got the issues right now. Uh, but they are currently 17 and 6 so far. Uh, I believe they were riding a four game uh, winning streak until they lost last weekend. Uh, at number 13, we have Kansas, who is 18 and 8. At number 12, we have Arkansas at 20 and 5. At number 10, we have Florida State at 14 and 4. Uh, we've now hit the top 10. We got Villanova here at 15 and 4. At number 9, we have Houston at 20 and 3. At number 8, we got Bama here at 20 and 6. Uh, at number 7, we have Ohio State uh, 18 and 7 for them. Uh, we have West Virginia at number 6, 17 and 7. 
Uh, they took a loss tonight. At number five, we have Iowa, who was 18-7. At number four, we have Illinois, who had a, a very impressive win tonight that we'll talk about over Michigan. Um, at number three we, three, we have Baylor. Um, we'll get into what they've done tonight as well. Uh, we also got Michigan here at number two. Uh, they did take their second loss uh, so far this season. They are 18-2. Uh, Baylor was 19-1, by the way. Um, and uh, Gonzaga, of course, still the number one uh, in the nation. They are 24-0. and 0. Um, Like I said, uh, we did have some top 25 action. I did want to get into uh, the action for the past couple of days. So Monday, um, in terms of the top 25, uh, Virginia did take a, well, sorry, Virginia did get a dub uh, over Miami. 62-51 uh, to, 62 to 51 was the final score there uh, for Miami there, 7-16. Seven, seven in that game, uh, Virginia was led by Sam Hauser, uh, 18 points from him, 6 rebounds. Uh, again, guard Trey Murphy would have a decent game, uh, 12 points from him, tw uh, 2 assists, and also 6 rebounds. Uh, Virginia would have 9 steals in the game. They would also force 11 turnovers. Uh, they would end up outscoring uh, Miami 41-31 to 31 in the first half, so they got a really good, easy start. Um, again, the final score being 62 um this is just kind of what virginia basketball is if they can prevent you from getting the 60 points uh they pretty much have a win if you can score over 60 points on them you pretty much beat virginia um not too much to say about this one this kind of goes the course for who they are um actually uh in their that matchup uh, last night uh, with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State actually won that one 79 to 75. Uh, in that game, uh, Oklahoma was led by Ford uh, Khalid Boone. Uh, seven, 17 points from him, nine rebounds. Guard Cade Cunningham had 15 points, four assists, and seven rebounds. And guard Randall Walker would have 14 points, three assists, and two rebounds. Uh, for Oklahoma, they were led by Ford Brady Manick. He would have 20 points. Their guard Austin Reeves would have, would have 19 points, as well as four assists and seven rebounds. And also Davian Harmon, uh, 14 points and four rebounds. But uh, with the win over the weekend that Oklahoma State was able to get, uh, this has been one of the few times um, in a very long time that they've been able to sweep Oklahoma um, in the basketball uh, in the basketball realm of things in the uh, Bedlam matchup so um, with that I think Oklahoma is going to take this Oklahoma State is going to take this um, of course you know boost up their you know their tournament profile I don't know what type of projected seed you would give them I'm not into all that projecting what seed somebody get uh, just know that Oklahoma State is going to make the tournament. Um, I think placement. I think placement is it means something to certain people, uh, but in reality, it's about you know who wins who wins the matchup. I've seen so many 16 seeds uh, beat a one seed or beat a you know a top. I've seen so many lower seeds in general beat higher seeds. Uh, the placement of the teams doesn't matter. It's just matchups, uh, to be honest with you, and that's kind of what they're trying to get. Um, when they match up these teams anyway. So uh, moving on, uh, we also got uh, from Monday night, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, you know what? I think that's about it. We do have some conference scores that I want to go over because uh, we do have some conference tournaments to talk about as well. So, but let's let's get into some more top 25 action, of course, uh, from tonight. Uh, we did have Baylor getting it done against West Virginia. Of course, Baylor coming in here at number three. Uh, they get that W, 94 to 89. Um, for uh, Baylor, they were led by guard Jared Butler. He would have 25.6 assists and also three rebounds. Uh, guard Davian Mitchell would have uh, 20 points, 5 assists, and 3 rebounds. And guard Matthew Mayer would have 18 points and 5 rebounds. Uh, 
And uh, for West Virginia, guard Taz Sherman would have 26 points. Guard Miles McBride would have 19 points, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds. And guard Sean McNeil would have 18 points and 4 rebounds. So a couple of takeaways in this game. Um, Baylor, uh, from what was said in that loss last week, I believe it was to Texas Tech, um, they have been coming off a few games, uh, just they, where they haven't played a few weeks where they haven't played, um, and they were a little bit rusty um, in terms of getting back into it. But this game, they look to be, you know, sharp. They look to be in shape. Fifty-one percent from field from the field, forty-one uh, percent from three. Uh, West Virginia will control the rebound, so thirty-six to thirty-one. Uh, they will also force Baylor into fourteen turnovers. Uh, but uh, however, Baylor will still outscore them. Four, uh, sorry, 50 to 46 in the second half. And uh, this for Baylor, this is their first ever regular season conference title. So, congratulations to them. Um, pat on the back. And um, yeah, good luck. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they would be a third. I think they're going to be a third seed with Michigan losing or a second seed, something like that. Again, don't worry about so much the placement. Let's just, I mean, for these guys, um, can they win when they get to the when they get to the big dance? Forget what what you know seed they're in to be honest with you. Um we also got some SEC matchups from tonight. Uh number twelve Arkansas gets it done against South Carolina one oh one to seventy three. Um Auburn uh took a loss there to their uh their in state rival Alabama fifty eight to seventy of course Alabama being number eight in the nation. Number four, Illinois. Like I said, they got an impressive win over Michigan tonight. 76 to 53 was the final score here. The Illinois, they were led by guard Trent Frazier. He would have 22 points and four rebounds coming off of the bench. Andre Carbello would have 17 points and two assists as well as six rebounds. And here comes the most interesting name. Well, one of the most interesting names in college basketball Kofi Cockburn. I brought him up before. Kofi Cockburn. 12 points, 7 rebounds. Let's be mature about it, guys. Kofi Cockburn. Michigan, they were led by Eli Brooks, who had 11 points and 2 assists. And I'm sorry, Ford Austin Davis would have 9 points. A couple uh, takeaways from this game. Michigan will finish the game going 2 or 7 from 3. Um, 50 And 53 points, sorry, 53 points is their lowest scoring total since 2019. Um, so, so good defense from Illinois. I've pretty much been seeing that through the course of them through this season. Uh, they really keep teams so low shooting percentages. They, I mean, in this one, I believe they no, actually they they out rebound in Michigan as well. They force shooting the turnovers. They get rebounds. That's pretty much how they play. Uh, so good win from Illinois. Uh, they're gonna pretty much be. Uh, going into, I mean, I I don't even know outside of Gonzaga. I don't know who else would be a favorite technically coming into this tournament. Uh, but I would say with a win like that, you could probably say Illinois is probably your second favorite. I would guess. Um, they look really good, especially after this game. Uh, for Illinois, uh, they have won ten of their last eleven, holding on to the number one seed. Yep, they have a projected number one seed going into the tournament. Uh, so let's move on. We got Texas Tech getting it done against uh, TCU, aka Texas Christian, uh, sixty-nine to forty-nine. We also got Texas getting a win over Iowa State, eighty-one to sixty-seven. And finally, to wrap everything up for the top twenty-five, uh, Wisconsin takes an L here to Purdue, sixty-nine to twenty-three. Uh, sorry, 69 to 73. Uh, look for uh, at the end of this week, week unfortunately, for Wisconsin. Uh, they might even be a bubble team at this point as well, but uh, look for them to be getting kicked out of the polls um, when we get 
we get to you know we get to the end of the week uh let's talk about these conference tournaments uh we had the horizon league on tonight um out there in middle america uh and we the first uh, matchup was a number number 10 seed fort wayne um they took it to three overtimes but they came up just a little bit short against the number one seed cleveland state of course uh cleveland state was the regular season um champion uh for that conference now for those of you who may not know so much how bas college basketball works um in terms of the tournaments and conference and who wins the championship of the conference and all this um there's a regular season champion which at the end of the very final i believe it would be the regular season game which is going to more likely be a conference game um yeah it's going to be a conference game uh what happens there is of course at that point the team with the best uh conference record is the winner of that regular season championship uh you could pretty much call it the conference championship now the conference tournament um it's a little extra it's a little more incentive uh, a lot of times it's for a lot of teams that are on the bubble meaning they might need a game or two to kind of you know to convince voters in terms of who make it who's making those matchups in terms of the tournament okay maybe your team got an extra win or two okay maybe they are pretty decent maybe they are um again it's not i mean Pretty much Cleveland State, you know, regardless of what have happened, let's say, for instance, they would have lost to Fort Wayne. Um, being that they were the number one seed going into the tournament, that means they won, pretty much won the regular season title. That really doesn't matter. Um, the playoffs, again, are, they're, they're just like, I guess you would call them the, the conference playoffs or conference tournament more like a formality just kind of like hey you know it's the end of the year again this is for certain teams to kind of you know justify you know their bubble spots or not um yeah and just kind of like maybe another push for like a big time school to kind of hold on to a number one spot or to definitely get a number one seed and you know things like that everything is pretty much been decided though so just want to give you guys uh just a heads up i kind of do this every year though but i, I think you guys get it uh but for fort wayne they were led by guard jared godfrey uh he would have 25 points 12 assists and five rebounds guard jalon uh pipkins would have 19 points five rebounds uh forward bobby planutis would have 17 points and two assists and guard demetrius horton 15 points to him uh three rebounds and three uh three assists and three rebounds so again a lot of different people scoring um same thing for cleveland state uh terry Patton. Uh, he would have he would be the leading scorer for Cleveland State. Thirty points from him, four assists, and also thirteen rebounds. Guard Trey uh, Gold Million would have twenty two points, uh, seven uh, sorry six assists and thirteen rebounds. Ford Al Eichelberger would have twenty points, uh, five assists and six rebounds. And uh, guard Craig uh, Bodion, if I pronounce that wrong forgive me uh he would have 17 points five assists and two rebounds we also got uh the fifth seed uh, detroit uh, they got it done against the fourth seed northern kentucky 69 to 70 uh we do have an upset here we have the eighth seed milwaukee getting it done against number two the number two seed Wright state uh, milwaukee will come into this one 10 and 11 uh, Wright State came into this one 18-6 for Milwaukee. They were led by their guards. DeAndre Golston would have 31 points and 9 rebounds. Uh, Tajan Lucas would have 25 points, 5 assists, and 2 rebounds. And guard Josh uh, Thomas would have 14 points, 2 assists, and 4 rebounds. For Wright State, for Wright State, excuse me, uh, they, were led, they were led by their forward uh, Grant uh, Basile. Um, 20, uh, sorry, 35 points from him. 14 rebounds. Guard Tanner Holden 
would have 17 points, 3 assists, and 10 rebounds. And center Loudon Love would have 14 points and 6 rebounds. Finally, uh, we have the number 3 seed, Oakland. No, not Oakland, California, but Oakland University in Rochester, Michigan. Yes, I know, but not what you think. Rochester, Michigan. Okay, uh, they get it done against the sixth seed, Youngstown, Youngstown State. 87 to 83 is the final score there. Um, let's get into that news. Right. Um, news coming out of Creighton. Just mentioned them. They are in the top 25. Uh, pretty decent team all around. Um, but their head coach. Yeah. Okay. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Um, head coach Greg McDermott recently apologized for statements he made after Saturday's loss to Xavier. This is the quote. This is well. This is not the whole thing he said, uh, at least in terms of the apology. But this is the whole. This is what he's in hot. This is the part of the quote that he said on Saturday that he's in hot water for. He goes, "Guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everybody to stay on the plantation." I can't have anybody leave the plantation. Uh, Greg McDermott, have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> you went into a basketball locker room. Now, I don't mean to be like, hey, I don't mean to be this way, cause, but this is the way it is. Basketball is ran by black folk, at least the players. You went into a basketball locker room and told them to stay on the plantation. Now, you lucky you had a school like Creighton in the middle of uh, nowhere. Where they at? In Omaha, I think, Nebraska. If your ass was at somewhere down south or Big E school, the players might have walked out. If you was in the West Coast, like fucking the Pac-12 school, the oh, you would have been fired. You would have had all the liberals up and all you, oh, you would have been having it. Personally, I wouldn't have played for your ass. I would have been I would be on the next flight. I'm transferring. I'm calling up my peoples and I'm leaving you a bad review <laughs> all over social media. This is what he told us. Don't know black people go here. That's I'm sorry. That's that's out of line. Of course, since then he's met with the athletic director, the school's administration, of course, players and family, um, and of course the staff. Um and as of now, the players has decided to at least ride this season out with him personally. Like I said, I'm um I'm transferring. I might play the rest of the year, but I'm transferring after that. That's some bullshit. Um, of course he's you know vehemently sorry. This is my part. Look, I'm gonna tell you like this: Is it a simple mistake? Technically, yes, but in my opinion. It's because that's in his bloodline. It just it just slips because that's who he naturally was or is. Gotta be. It gotta be because it was too natural in a moment like that. You lost the basket. You lost the basketball game. You gonna tell him not to leave the plantation? What the fuck? Do those two things have any? Those two things don't have nothing to do with each other. Um, unless you see yourself as plantation. At least his ancestors were plantation owners or overseers. <laughs> Sorry, fam. I wouldn't want to play for this coach. Uh, he, um, he revealed to you 
There's something right there. He views you as his slaves, as his property. You are his coach. You are he is the coach, and uh, he you know he's he felt as though he's been backed by an institution, which is the university. So we'll see what the university does. I wouldn't want to play for the man. If I'm any black player worth my salt, I wouldn't want to play for a motherfucker like that. Just, just being honest with you. Um, that's like playing on a soccer team and you like a high school soccer team in East LA and you telling some, some, some the kids, you can't leave me. You can't leave the field. You can't do that. Don't, don't do that. Like telling some Chinese, no, don't do it. Chinese kids. Don't, don't leave the railroad. Don't leave the railroad. Don't do me like that. No, don't don't do people like that. Don't let's not be racist, bro. This is twenty twenty one, dog. We out of here, bro. Don't we 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 over. Um, again, he needs to be canceled. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't throw that word around. Too, but as a coach, you don't need to be talking to no young man unless you're gonna go to an all white school and never talk on the D two level and never coach black people again. <laughs> You gotta go to one of them small community colleges that don't nobody want to go to. Um, nah, cause that's that's not gonna cut it. And that that I mean, yeah, it might be a mistake or whatever, but I think it's a reflection of his background, of how he's been raised, and how his who his family is. Um, cause you just don't say shit like that. I think that's a little bit out of pocket, personally. Um, and again, like I said, if I was a player, I'd I'd be up in his ass. Like, who the fuck are you? I'd have been really ro- I'd be roasting him. I would have walked out of there. I would have been playing for that team. Because, uh, yeah, that's some BS, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, we do have some scores to go over. Uh, we'll be going over the standings, too. Let's get on right into it. Let's start off with tonight's scores. Uh, first things first, we got the Grizzlies uh, getting the best of the Wizards, 125 to 111. Uh, we got the Hawks uh, taking an L. Uh, sorry, taking a, getting a W over the Heat, 94 to 80. Uh, the Hawks are 15 and 20. The Heat are 17 and 18 for the Hawks. They were led by John Collins, who had 17 points, seven rebounds. Uh, we also got Trey Young in the mix with 18 points, 10 assists, and three rebounds, and Kevin. Herter had 16 points, 5 assists, and 2 rebounds coming off of the bench. For the Heat, uh, they were led by Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson. They would both have 14 points each. Uh, Dragic would have 4 assists and 3 rebounds to his totals. Uh, moving on, we got the Clippers uh, taking an L here to the Celtics. A minor upset in my opinion. Uh, the Celtics, of course, 18-7 uh, coming into the well, at this point, uh, but let's break down the, uh, the stats real quick for the Clippers. They were led by Paul George, 32 points from him, four assists and five rebounds. Reggie Jackson would have 25 points, seven assists, as well as three, uh, seven assists as well as three rebounds. Uh, for the Celtics, uh, Kimba Walker would have 25 points, six assists, and four rebounds. Jalen Brown would have 15 points, or sorry, uh, 18 points, two assists, and also five rebounds. And rookie guard Peyton Pritchard. Uh, coming out of the the University of Oregon with that 14 points, four assists, and eight rebounds. Uh, we have another inter, we call it inter intra conference matchup between the Knicks and the Spurs. 93 to uh, 93, uh, the 119 was the final score in favor of the Spurs. Uh, we got the Nuggets getting the best of the Bucks uh, in a blowout. Uh, 128 to 97 uh, for the Nuggets. They were led by Nikola Jokic, 37 points from him, 11 11 assists, and two 10 rebounds. He is the ninth player in NBA history with 50 career triple doubles. God damn, get it, big man. They always try to shame him with that picture of him as a kid. Um, 
you know, where he's big and got the man, look, look, man boobs. Look, my body looked like that too. It still kind of looked like that. Fuck y'all. Stop trying to shame us like that. That nigga's a ball. I need to stop saying that word. That man is a baller. Get off his dick. Yeah, he fat. Yeah, he had chunkiness. We all, some of us all got chunkiness. Get off his dick. He's an NBA killer out here. 50 career triple doubles. Respect his name, Nikola Jokic. Get off his tits. Anyways, uh, Jamal Murray would have 24 points, t- uh, 6 assists, uh, 3 rebounds. Guard P.J. Dozier, 19 points and 2 rebounds coming off of the bench. And Will Barton would have 14 points, 5 assists, and 8 rebounds. Uh, for the Bucks, of course, they were led by Giannis, 27 points from him, 3 assists, and 8 rebounds. Chris Middleton, 20 points, 6 assists, and 4 rebounds. Giannis, is this what you really wanted when you resigned to still be in third place and getting blown out by the Nuggets? We'll talk more about that in a second. He might not even be in third place right now. We'll see. Oh, yeah, he is. Never mind. We got one more score to go over, though. Uh, the Suns get the best of the Lakers, 114 to 104. Uh, for the Suns, well, we'll break down their records, records in just a second. But for the Suns, they were led by Dario Sarge. You have 26 points. Sorry, 21 points, three assists, and five rebounds. Remember that name, Dario Sarge? He used to be, he used to be a pretty decent power forward coming off the bench. Then he just disappeared. He was like a he was in a rotation like two or three years ago for somebody. Oh, the Sixers, the Sixers and the damn Timberwolves. Then he just fell off the face of the earth. Anyways, four mile bridges would have uh, 19 points, five assists, and six rebounds. DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker would both have 17 points. Uh, DeAndre Ayton would have five rebounds, um, and Booker would also have six assists and three rebounds. Uh, for the Lakers, LeBron would have 38 points in 38 minutes. Um, so I'm guessing he's scoring a basket. Of, I don't know how that works. A point. Of, I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> six assists, five rebounds from him as well. Uh, Dennis Schroeder would have 17 points, six assists, and three rebounds. And Taylor Horton Tucker, 16 points from him and three rebounds. Let's move on to the uh, standing starting in the Eastern Conference. Uh, of course, at number one, we have the Sixers, 23-12 and 12 is their current record. Uh, they lead, of course, the Eastern Conference right behind them, a half game back. Uh, the Nets at 23-13. and 13. They've gone 9-1 in the last 10. They are uh, they're sniffing, they're sniffing at that number one spot. I don't know how long the Sixers can hold on to it, but we'll have to see. At number three, we have the Bucks here, 21 and 20. Sorry, 21 and 14, uh, two games back in the East, right by. Well, not so much right behind them. We have the Celtics a few games behind them, 18 and 17 so far. At number five, we have the Raptors, 17 and 17. The Knicks are 18 and 18. Uh, the uh, the Heat, excuse me, are 17 and 18, and when then we have the uh, Hornets here, uh, rounding out the Eastern Conference at 16 and 18. Up next in the Western Conference, we have the Jazz here at uh, 27 and 8, right behind them. Uh, the Suns three and a half games back, 23 and 11. Uh, they are eight and two in the last uh, their last ten, so they're pretty hot as of late. Up next, we have the Lakers. They gone about five and five in the last ten, so. 500 they're staying consistent for the most part there's you know um 
they're you know you know there's they're steady that's that's what you want to say that's what you want to see right now and at number four we have the clippers here i still say the same thing they're steady 24 and 13 uh number five we have the spurs 18 and 13 the blazers uh they did get a win last night they are currently 19 and 14 at number seven we have the nuggets here at 20 and 15 and at the eighth place spot here we have the warriors at 19 and 16. All right, y'all, before we wrap everything up, I did want to get into some NFL uh, news. Not so, I mean, again, not a whole lot going on, but we do have the major move, of course, with J.J. Uh, Watt. So uh, he decides, okay, since he's, you know, Houston released him, uh, released him a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, he decides to sign a two-year deal uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. It's worth $32 million with $23 million guaranteed. Um, and he will be reu- reuniting with his teammate, uh, former teammate DeAndre Hopkins. He got that. Uh, despite some solid, solid stats, though, he has dealt with injuries lately. And he's mo- only played 16 games twice. So he's only played in uh, two full seasons since 2015. Uh, but with that being said, I think he was uh, 19th out of a hundred something pass rushers in terms of uh winning his pass his pass rushing assignments. Um he had a decent number of sacks this year, I think around nine. Uh he's looking at almost a hundred sacks so far in his career. Uh he will be teaming up with another decent pass rusher in Chandler Jones. Um they, that will form a one two solid. Um as far as what I think I see from the Arizona Cardinals, just in my opinion, um, because to be honest with you, Vegas didn't really say that that does too much of anything to their um how they view them in terms of winning the Super Bowl. So um I think that only I think that only boosting them up maybe like a few points in terms of, you know, uh pulling in the Super Bowl or being, you know, you know you know how Vegas do. But in terms of what I see, I see a team with a very good um defensive line um if i'm russell wilson with a team like the seattle with seattle who already has some issues with his offensive lineman i'm kind of worried um going into next year if i'm the niners i'm a little bit worried as well even same thing with the rams uh uh with matthew stafford because you don't know what's going to happen uh with that offensive line it's a little bit it's aging there especially at their left tackle spot you got andrew whitworth there I don't know how many more seasons somebody like that has. I believe he's already 35, uh, maybe 36 or something like that. Uh, could even be older. Uh, but um, but as far as that is concerned, I mean, again, Cardinals have a solid defensive line. Solid linebackers, I think that might be one of their weak links right now. I think they might be uh, releasing one. or I'm not sure what their, uh, what their thing there is at the linebacker spot, but... Uh, that's a solid position. It could use some work, but they have a really decent. Um, they have a really decent secondary. They got Buda Baker back there. They got some decent uh, defensive backs. Um, you know, I don't think this makes them a Super Bowl favorite. Of course, I don't think this pushes them, puts them in the you know driver's seat for that. But depending on kind of what transpires with every team uh, in the NFC West. I could see them maybe pulling off their division. Um, there's no way that they you can't. I mean, there's no way that they you, they you wouldn't see them being able to not compete. I mean, they have a decent. Oh well, I would say this: they have a decent enough running back. 
Uh, they have a decent enough quarterback. I would say they probably would need to upgrade. I would say maybe tight end, maybe uh, get some more receiver help, just people to go, complimentary receivers to go around uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So he's not your only uh, your only threat to catch a, to catch a pass. Uh, again, maybe get a solid tight end as well. Uh, maybe in terms of drafting. And again, this could all be in terms of what you can draft. Um, I think at this point, that's probably where this team is at, where you're kind of just putting in players, plugging in players right now to kind of building your system. And again, you've still got Kyler Murray who's growing. Uh, so I definitely think this is a team that could win their division. I don't see a team like this necessarily winning the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't see this team winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but I do definitely see them, you know, winning possibly winning the NFC South with not this year. If not this year, then maybe next season. I don't see why they couldn't. I think this team definitely has potential. Uh and I would I would I would hope for JJ Watts, you know, sake. You know, he's putting all this stuff out there, Instagram posts here, Instagram posts there. I would hope that he's very serious about actually suiting up and actually doing things the you know football related and, and really playing uh, this year and hopefully he can have a full. If I think if he has a full healthy season, he definitely does a lot to help the defense. That much I can say. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call it a wrap for tonight. If you are looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my Instagram LJ791. You can follow me there ELJAMAH791. Uh, you can also follow the Facebook page at Never Out of Bounds. Uh, that's also the same name as the YouTube channel as well. So uh, if you can, uh, give it a like, give it a look, or give it a subscribe, however you want to do it. Uh, thank you once again in advance for all that you guys do in terms of your support. Um, and I'm going to sign off for now. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ramble too much tonight. But anyways, I'll holler at y'all later. Take care. One love. And uh, I'm out.